We're back, and uh, second half coming up uh, here, exactly 90 in, 90 to come. James Scully standing by, and uh, we'll talk to James about uh, some weekend action. And James, actually, before we talk about the weekend ahead, uh, the weekend passed, and uh, I know you gave the bonus uh, the second, uh, last second Friday push, but uh, the first last second Friday push won, and, and boy, got bet too, right? Took a bunch of money. Yeah, it did uh, from ten to one down to uh, I think it was two. seven to two or yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, easily. And yeah, easily. And uh, yeah, ran a big race. And then uh, Curly, Larry, and Mo did not make the lead. I was beat four wide, fourth going in the first turn. So that that trip didn't work out for me. But yeah, hit one of the two at Aqueduct. Got a long shot there too. I'll give out at the very end of uh, my appearance. Very good. Well. Uh... Looking ahead to uh, the holiday, what are you and Gigi doing? We are having my family over. Uh, There's going to be 10 people total, eight, uh, my sister and their, her kids and mom and sister, other sister and some nieces and their boyfriends. So, uh, yeah, a bunch of people over. Very. Who's the, who's uh, who, who cooks what? What's the uh, division of responsibility? <laughs> Uh, we're well. We're getting most of the food, so Gigi's doing most of the cooking. But everybody's put pitching in with like uh, their own items that they're bringing. So yeah, we we went down, we went over the shopping list uh, like this morning actually, and uh, Gigi talked to you know Gigi's already done all the arrangements for what's what's going to be taking place next week. Uh, outstanding. All right. I, I as soon as the show ends, uh, I will start my uh, my serious execution and you know once again my mom is like you gotta have both like cranberry and cranberry relish and i'm like listen i'll eat some of that relish but man that great just no i'm not keen on just the regular cranberry slices no we'll stop with that and i'm gonna send you in fact some people asked uh, yesterday after we had had neil uh when i put the show listings up yesterday uh some people did ask about uh me publishing uh some of those key recipes that uh, are most popular and i will uh, i will handle that i'll take care of it on both twitter and uh, facebook and instagram so if, if you want the cranberry uh, you're gonna you're gonna buy yourself a bag of cranberries you're gonna actually make oh. a real cranberry sauce you're gonna you're gonna need um, a little bit of uh, molasses and a little bit of maple and um, you're you're gonna completely revolutionize your family's uh their their approach to cranberry sauce all right well we need it because listen <laughs> I, <laughs> not a huge fan <laughs> uh, we're gonna solve that for you uh, i also uh, you know I, I also have a tradition that uh you know my my mother uh what, what's your opinion of jello uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of it. Right. It looks better than it is. Why? <laughs> what do you got? Well, I've, I've got, I've got the famous, my mother's famous uh, cranberry uh, Jello mold, which uh, takes a couple of raspberry. You take raspberry Jello, and uh, then you're going to add uh, uh, the whole berries, not 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 the jelly, the whole berries, uh, walnuts, and pineapple. And it goes into a bunt style Tupperware uh, mold. And 
it, it's fabulous. It, it, oh, that does sound good with the nuts and everything. Yeah, in there. It, yeah it's, and the berries. It's fabulous. So it, if anybody's got, if anybody had, you know, those of you that know, you know, the Tupperware mold, um, and I suppose, I suppose you don't even really have to do the mold. You could do it in a in a bowl, in a you know maybe a, a shallow bowl, a bowl or a uh, uh, a jelly roll uh, like a one of those jelly roll kinds of things or a spring foam pan maybe. Uh, you just grease it a little bit, you know, a little spray a little Pam, and uh, it'll pop it's right out. It's still easier to get it out of the mold though if you're doing it for yeah. a meal, I think, than a bowl. It, it, well, it, but again, if you if you all you got to do is is take a little vegetable oil and and just coat the inside of that bowl, and and then when you flip it over to put it on a plate, if you just let it alone, you take if if, if you if you're warm blooded like me, you take your hands just to sort of run them on the bowl, um, the heat, the warmth will it'll pop right out and it'll sit, and then you just put it back in the fridge and it'll firm back up. I mean, if it gets a little soft, but. Uh, I'm going to send you that too. You so you're you're, I'm going to make a convert of of the Scully family, uh, wow. when, when it comes to my approach to to both the cranberry the cranberry mold, and uh, that cranberry recipe is called Nantucket cranberry sauce. All right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm excited to get it. I'm glad we <laughs> talked about uh, Thanksgiving and food. On this show, you're it, it's it, obligated. <laughs> and, and, if, and, and if I'm not mistaken, from years past, when I've asked you about your favorite, you're a mashed potato guy. Oh, no, I'm, I'm both. You know, I mean, I've always been a mashed potato guy, but come on, I'm, I'm keen on stuffing at, right. uh, at, at the holidays. All right. <laughs> let's, let's turn to the action. Uh, that's a, okay, this is a nice card tomorrow, Churchill. Yeah, there really is. Um, you know, you got uh, a grade three steak, the Chaluki, but you got some really solid uh, maiden races and allowance races. And uh, even even the opening part of the card, um, uh, you know, like some maiden claiming events, you know, got really big fields. So uh, I thought it was a pretty solid Saturday card. Uh, hopefully, you know, there's a good turf allowance. Hopefully that stays on the turf. We'll see what happens there. Uh, yeah, the turf question remains uh, open. Um, where do you want to start? Well, we can just start there at Churchill. I'll work, uh, finish up with the Chaluki and just uh, give an opinion in uh, race three. Um, I didn't, um, you know, obviously this is a race where you have this Bear River for uh, DeSormo dropping it down in there off of just, you know, he's never really been that, she's never been that competitive uh, or he has it. Uh, Brad Cox has a, a firster in there by American Freedom. I'm intrigued by this extra halo. I like this the way though this uh, gelding showed uh, speed last time on the turf at Horseshoe Indianapolis. Um, you know, has, has really shown some speed in both races. Going to have to keep stepping it up. But that race, like the uh, um, horse that finished second, came back and won its next start. And yeah, I thought that was a pretty solid effort. A ten to one with Gerardo Carreras, Gerardo Corrales. I think he has extra halo as a chance to get out on the front end and outperform his odds. Interesting. All right, um, extra halo, ten to one. That's the seven. Uh, for Tony Granitz, and uh, it seems like a modest-ish uh, to Maiden 30. They're going to go seven furlongs. Uh, extra halo. I like it. And then um, I took a look at race number five, which is an entry-level allowance on turf at five and a half furlongs. Uh, you know, one thing about it is, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but, um, 
Definitely. Uh, I was intrigued, though, by this Belmont Horse Bay, Bay Lounge. Uh, I really liked his last race uh, at Kentucky Downs. Beat a nice horse in that race. I think he's moving in the right direction. Uh, uh, I think Mott has uh, at least a couple uh, really good weight contenders on the card. Florent Giroux riding a boat. So I, I give him that horse number six, Bay Lounge, the edge in race five. You know, th- that's a horse that uh, always uh, – always seem to include uh always from a fig standpoint and when you look uh, always feels uh like the horse you know has a shot wherever uh, mott sends him yeah yeah definitely and I, I think he's finally got it you know obviously needed some races to figure things out but i thought that was a real encouraging uh step forward last time uh, looking at race number six this is a fifty thousand dollars starter allowance for two-year-old fillies at a mile on the 16th and you know this is a situation where the morning line favorites number seven puckered uh, and i'm just going to play against her on my multi-race and then my all my tickets I, she caught a really soft feel last time and led gate to wire on an extremely slow pace and you see these 12 length wins uh they've got to give speed ratings to all eight runners in that race and and sometimes those numbers could be a little inflated and her fig came back on the brisnet number 73 there's like five rivals in this like eight seven horse field that have run faster or four or five hmm. of them hmm. uh that that race came back slow for a 12 length win i you know i i i i I like Tushit's honey, like win last time better. I mean, granted, you know, she did get the right trip in there. And the other main contender is Cat's Cave. But uh, there was at least a favorite that I was going to try to beat on um, on, on some tickets. And thought I mentioned that race, race six. All right. And then in uh, race number seven, that's a race where um, I don't know if this morning line odds is going to hold on number eight, on number 12, Hope Mission at eight to one. But I do think that this Medagliadoro Philly has a big chance to run well at first asking for Brendan Walsh. There's just a really uh, steady work tab with some quick works. I mean, you can see where she's like uh, 48 and 3, 21 of 108, and then 7 of 33, and 16 of 33, and then 6 of 54. She is a sibling to uh, the damn is a sibling to a pair of stakes winners, including grade two sprint winner, um, Suzanne. This is immediate female family of Arcangelo, juvenile grade one winner streaming. Just bred to run early uh, on this uh, damn side. I like the work tab, and I'm a little bit leery of, uh, you know, some of her main rivals. I mean, obviously the fob is, is moving turf to dirt in there, and, um, you know, you got Bedazzle, I'm listed at seven to two as well. Uh, maybe Hope Mission will get bet down, obviously, with Tyler Gaffalone, but I do like her at first asking in race seven. All right. And then in the um, in, in the uh, Chaluki, in the in the grade two Chaluki, that's a race that is going to lose. Um, it's going to lose uh, hidden connections. Going to go to the Fall City on on Saturday, but I, I I like number one nostalgic in there. And you know the thing with nostalgic is is that her first two wins, a maiden and allowance win at Goldstream, both came in a mile and a sixteenth distance, and then Mont stretched her out for the Gazelle at a mile and an eighth, and she won that race pretty handily. And he just like I think they think she was pigeonholed as a distance horse in her next like six starts. 
Um, but finally, when she cut back to that mile on July 19th, uh, she really ran a, a top fig in there, finishing a next second, came back and won her next start also real well at a mile. Last time she ran a mile and eighth against Random Oz, who came back and ran second at the disc staff. I'm not counting that effort against her. I think she's going to be better at middle distances. I thought those two races at Saratoga were a sign of things to come. I wouldn't be surprised to see her cutting back to seven furlongs in the future. And, and I like nostalgic from the rail um, in, in the Chaluki, nine to two on the morning line. Yeah, I, even even before things changed. And in fact, I, I do want to go look at the. Uh, I do want to go back and look at the pace uh, projector uh, now that now that we know. See how that might have changed. But anyway, uh, night. You know, it'll be lower than nine to two, obviously. Um, oh yeah, for sure. You know, with the with the field going down to uh, down to. Uh, eight uh, and uh, Norm's horse, obviously on the outside, uh, hot and sultry. Falconet in there, uh, Ovra for the other, both of the Chris blocks. I, I mean, to be honest, we're kind of rooting a little bit for for the late Bob Lothan back. Uh, it, it would be it would be amazing if she can't sing, could could defend. I know. Right? I, I mean, I, I I do think that would be really a neat story. I read uh, Darren's notes and. Um, you know, Chris Block, you know, talked about uh, uh, Bob Lomach and, you know, just his influence and what a great, you know, in person he was. I'm just worried, you know, I mean, of the two, I, I like her stable mate better, yeah. you know, going turf to dirt. She's just in good, really good form now. But, uh, you know, and, and I, I think she's going to be sent. So, you know, she could face the pressure, but uh, she got a shot in there. It's a good, uh, you know. I think I think Hot and Sultry is going to be keen off the layoff yep. too. It's going to be showing speed. So yeah, it's a good race. I got a, a couple. I, I wanted to mention an Aqueduct on uh, tomorrow. Yeah. The um, uh, in the Hill Prince. I'm excited to see Integrate. You know, Integrate Steve is a colt that worked five times last year. He worked. Uh, multiple works in January, February, March, every single month this year, and Shug waited. I mean, you talk about just a picture of patience uh, sometimes with Shug Miguel. He, he gave that cold all the time in the world, ran him in that maiden race. He went by six lengths. He came right back three weeks later. Huge race. That Virginia Derby looked better after even uh, with Runaway Storm, who was coming off a maiden win and a third-place effort. He set the pace in the Virginia Derby, and he ran and third, and then he came back and missed the break in the Bryan Station and ra- rallied to be talk of the nation. Looks like a really good horse uh, himself. So now integration's coming back. I, th- I, you know, look, he's got to have to prove it, but I think he's going to run a big race in there. And I think, you know, you look it up to Mark, you know, heading to Lane's End, heading to Stud, uh, you know, the older turf division next year is going to be pretty wide open, and he's got a shot at least to step into it and, and be a huge factor, I think, moving forward so i'm pretty excited to see him run nice and then in uh i will mention uh a couple uh races uh uh, uh well i'll mention uh, race number uh six is an entry level allowance uh at a mile and eighth on turf saturday at, at aqueduct 
I, I like number uh, 11, Cyber Ninja, in there for Belmont. Uh, I thought that he, that he caught actually really a, a nice field two starts back that catch the party. You know, he came around and finished second to him, beat Royal Spirit. Royal Spirit came back and, you know, finished one spot ahead of him, but both were behind that Francesco Clemente, who was making his second U.S. start for uh, Chad Brown, and now is, is heading just back to Stakes Company and running stakes overseas and, and could be a really nice horse. So I, I just think he's some of his top rivals in here aren't, aren't exiting race of those caliber and i think he's going to run a big race tomorrow in uh, race number six the 11 four to one cyber ninja with jose uh for bill mott that's uh let's just hope the turf uh stays because uh, they, these are good races between the hill prince and and then this allowance and uh then you know later you got the turf sprint uh, we'll talk about i think uh, the ninth so uh, there's also a good mile in a 16th maiden race for Phillies uh, for two-year-olds going as the eighth. So we need we need one more good day of turf in New York. Yeah, and it looks like, you know, I mean, that, that there's going to be a little rain, but it looks like it, it may not be much. It might be okay tomorrow. Um, the number in, in the turf sprint, I mean, that's a good race. I, I, I thought it was very competitive, but uh, I, I like I do like the number two all gone a little bit. Um, I, I thought that, uh, you know, he, he's one for one on the turf course, and I thought his last two efforts were really solid and, you know, obviously running second to Nobles like he did in the De Haas. And then, you know, last time, you know, actually ran pretty well on, on the off track, and now he's going back to turf. So I, I give him the edge in there for uh, Ned, Ned Allard. Ned Allard uh, does a great job, and uh, turf sprinting is one of his specialties. I there's a wacky horse in here, uh, and that's the horse lining up right next to him, that vacation dance. Mm -hmm. um, it, 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 a little dirtied up, frankly, um, but that was a significant step forward last time, uh, vacation dance. And I, I would be at least I would be at least cognizant uh, that. Uh, there you go. Came back with a bullet half mile drill, you know, looks second start off the freshening for Kimmel. Yeah, I, I could see it. I, it. There's there's something there, and uh, paired up the last two, and uh, you know ha hasn't been this good you know since early in his career, and uh, I uh, I was a little surprised David uh, made him thirty to one, twenty to one I thought was easy, uh, but it's a big field. That's the beauty of of a of a twelve horse field uh, in here, and uh, in terms of tactician uh, aspect. Uh, you know, this is a horse that's adjusted to paces, could be kind of placed anywhere. You know, it's probably going to sit maybe third, fourth, fifth. Uh, I, I, vacation dance uh, intrigues me. 30 to 1, the three. There you go. I like it. Um, and my last second Friday push, I'm going to go to the finale today at Aqueduct. It's a main special way. You're going to have a uh, Chad Brown in there, take some action and Todd Pletcher's got two. One of them's got Arad, so that Philly will be bet down a little bit. I like number four, Miss Fashionista, returning from the uh, freshening for Pletcher in this spot. Um, she's got a bunch of turf breeding on, on her, her damn side. And, um, you know, uh, Bernardini's solid, and 
you know, I, I just think that the, I, I thought this race might have, I, I thought that like you look at her form, her two sloppy tracks, she didn't run at all, but her race was she did catch a fast track. She ran a, a pretty, you know, ran a decent second that day. I think she'll be better on the turf. Uh, Chet's chance to get her um, um, at a little bit of a price because, um, you know, I, I just thought, you know, you look at the some of these horses in here that are rivals, uh, you know, um, that Shelly did not show anything on the turf first time for Chad Brown. Yeah, now it's going back to turf off of an off-track effort. But you're going to be bet way down. A horse like the Loose is going to be bet way down. It's had a lot of chances. I thought this race, this race pretty wide open, and I like Miss Fashion needs to coming back for Putcher and Ropoli. Very interesting, actually. And uh, that dam uh, by Patty Prado. So plenty of turf uh, from the female family. And uh, kind of interesting. Uh, sniff this one out. Uh, Miss uh, Fashionista. All right. The uh, uh, number 15 to 1, the four horse. Absolutely. Yep. So, um, yeah. Hey, enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your, your time off and Thanksgiving and everything. Well, James, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody in terms of. Uh, in terms of the Twin Spires action, uh, keep that. Oh yeah, I do. I do want to make mention. Yes, we have got the uh, uh, the seventh feeder. Twenty. We're going to be giving away twenty five hundred dollars cash at Twin Spires. Make sure you opt in. It's a, a qualify. It's a, a qualifier for um, the NHC qualifier that we're going to have next year. So, so uh, go check that out. We got a lot of uh, win bonus promotions uh, at, at Churchill uh, as well as like hit it, split it at, at Golden Gate, Churchill and many more. We've been adding like they've added some new uh, promos this week, obviously with Fairgrounds opening and we'll have some more with other tracks as well. Always a $200 sign up bonus at TwinSpires.com. Outstanding, James. I appreciate it. And of course, uh, when it comes to the handicapping and uh, the crafting of opinions, uh, Twin Spires next week, particularly uh, with the big uh, finish to the Churchill season, uh, including Stars of Tomorrow. And, of course, uh, Clark came up, and we looked at a couple of the Thanksgiving Day stakes with KK. Uh, there'll be lots to uh, keep you occupied through Thanksgiving weekend. James Scully, everybody. James underscore Scully, 111 at Twitter. But uh, most of his best work is there at uh, the Twin Spires website here on Twin Spires Weekend Preview at the Races. James, talk in two weeks. Sounds good. Thanks, Steve. James Scully, folks. Let's uh, keep it rolling. We got uh, an hour and change. And uh, the, uh, I think, are, are you asking me this question, Brian? I think you are. That was that was James Scully. Um, I don't know if you figured that out. Brian, Brian's putting up on the stream thing. It's unusual to have a visual version of the stream. Uh, but he's putting up the tags uh, for each of the uh, for each of the visitors, which is appreciated. Kevin Kilroy is going to be next, and then Hammer and uh, and Nick Nick Tamaro, where you will get you will get the Italian Thanksgiving treatment uh, from from uh, NTAM. All right, let me uh, scare up uh, KK. It is. It's. It's the double KK season. 
right? Kevin uh, Kilroy and Kevin Kirstein. And there was, we, we actually had a very funny, there was a very funny scene uh, at Churchill. Was that uh, this spring? Where we were talking about all the KKs that are uh, populating uh, racing. And uh, when it comes to New Orleans, you'll trust your luck as Kevin Kilroy returns uh, returns to the scene and uh, he fits in he fits in that scene perfectly. KK, good morning. Hey Steve, thanks for thinking of us. Good to hear your voice. Been a little bit. Now uh, it's you know it's your season, and uh, although I saw you at Churchill, I saw you Derby Derby time. Yeah, Derby, right? That was the last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, that seemed like a year ago, right? I mean, so much, so much has gone on since then, but we're back and rolling, you know, it's, it's opening day here and uh, it, it feels neat. Something feels different. I think we've got some, some fresh faces and some, uh, some new exciting storylines and it feels like something's going to, going to pop this meat. It's going to be, uh, going to be a good deal. So hopefully everybody's tuning into fairgrounds and, uh, and betting our races, you know. Well, we talked earlier to, uh, to Frank, uh, to Frank McGowie. We talked yesterday to, uh, the Prince. We talked to Gary Palmasano Jr. So we're kind of setting the stage. Uh, and did, did those guys mention that uh, Billy Pettengill's retiring, or you know, just a legend of horse racing no. and clocker? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 one thing. I thought maybe Frank would bring it up. They've you know worked so close as clockers and all that. Wow. But they have no Billy. I mean, he grew up uh, just you know just on the other side of the fence between the cemetery and the track. You know, he's he's definitely a part of this. He's in the he's in the fabric of fairgrounds. How about that? I'm glad you told me that. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll reach out to Bill and, and uh, an absolute institution. And, you know, people frequently say racing's made up of characters. Uh, they, they, there's there's a character out of central casting. hundred <laughs> percent. He'll, he'll fill with stories. He's just every, every, every time I see him, he's got something that I just would want to sit down uh, and, uh, you know, um, enjoy because he's just got so many great stories and such a yeah. kind guy too. Uh, and he's he's got he, he's got that uh, he's got that homespun delivery too. That that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that local cooking, right? Uh, exactly, exactly. Well, let's you know for, from your perspective, I, and basically, I've asked uh, I asked Frank this morning, you know, what his you know, I would, would maybe if you you probably have a play or two for today and tomorrow, but in, in terms of what you're watching for, and Frank talked about kind of taking it a little easy, particularly on the turf course. Uh, you know, we it's a completely you know completely not reimagined, but it was reseeded and and they they brought it back uh, after the you know the the salinization problem from a year ago, and it looks fabulous. But it, it you know we won't know how it's necessarily going to play until uh, we get a few, you know, we get a few visuals over it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling a little bit tentative about it as well in terms of that, just getting a sense for it, you know, looking at it from the press box and it's got a nice cut to it. It looks really beautiful, but it doesn't seem like maybe it has that sort of cuffiness that, uh, you know, the closers might want to get for that turn of foot to really dig into. So, you know, my sort of, uh, you know, first glance, you know, first blank at it is maybe it's going to play at the speed, but then we've got some moisture in it too, so that could kind of change things. So there are some uncertainties, you know. But if the price is right, but we've got these huge fields on the turf. It's going to be so hard to pass those races, you know. You want to want to cook up something and maybe uh, maybe be wrong um, and uh, take a shot. But if I'm right, you know, you can definitely cash on it. So you know, the dirt course usually does play pretty forward, right? You want to be uh, be near the rail. You want to be able to come out of that uh, that far turn and in good position with a, with a head of steam. Um, 
the jocks, you know, who know it, know it well. Ray Gutierrez obviously knows it, um, you know, the, the leading rider last year. And but we've got, we've got Ben Curtis coming in. This, 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 you know, one of the leading riders in England, top five every year, all-weather champion one year, um, had tons of success in Dubai on the dirt tracks over there. Um, Irish-born, uh, his dad's from Arkansas, and he, he's wound up here. Ron Boucher is his agent. He's going to be – it's going to be – very, very thrilling to see how he how he handles things. You know, he rides different. He's got his bounce to him like European riders do. He's got that side one, brings the crop back in a, in a, in a really strong way. Um, seems like he has live mounts, so we'll see how he does. Um, Jaime Torres seems to fit this track like a glove. I mean, he's a great forward rider. He, he's, he's riding for Steve Asmussen on a bunch of them. I'm really excited to see um, what he does here. Um, but you know Corey Lannery, right? I mean, at 50 wins last year, he came back and just uh, just just fell right back into uh, into the groove of of getting the wins at fairgrounds. So I'm excited to see Corey um, have another big meet. You know, in mentioning Curtis and, and with some of the other names, and in fact, Frank talked about uh, the, that it's going to be a very active uh, group of bug riders as well yeah, at this yeah. at this meet, which is nice when when you get bugs. Uh, we should mention, and because and, I, it, it occurs to me that I saw the story, and didn't get a chance to uh, to mention it. Uh, Jack Gilligan ha- has has gone back apparently to uh, to Ireland, and uh, is going yeah. to continue his career, um, you know, back home and. Uh, you know, he he had some injury difficulties um, more than once, and uh, of course, his father had that fabulous book uh, about you know coming to America and and you know basically uh, you know introducing you know Jack to uh, getting his career going, and we wish him the best. I mean, he's it was as nice as nice a young man. Uh, as, yeah, he, as there was on any circuit, guy. right? I mean, it's just terrific. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, obviously a fantastic rider, but just always imagine seeing him in front of the camera. You know, I think he could he, he could step over to the other side of things. So uh, maybe he'll come back to us, uh, you know, one day in, in one shape or another. But, um, yeah, we'll miss him around here. He was, he was a great part of not only, the, you know, the races, but also the hanging out after the races and, and uh, enjoying each other's company. So, um, yeah, Jack, we wish him the best. Yeah, I wanted to slip that in. All right. Uh, yeah, but the apprentice riders are, are going to be – very interesting. There's this guy, Carmona, Seraphin Carmona. Yeah. And um, the talk about him is that he just, he's so easy on a horse. He's just got a great foundation to him, just sits atop, you know, just like textbook um, form atop a horse and just really easy with him. It gets the best out of him. So he, he's maybe sitting here ready to get some live mounts and, uh, and get things cooking. Um, Kylie Wellington, she's very interesting. Just got her first win in May. And she's coming down from Prairie Meadows um, with, I think, 23, 24 wins, something like that. And um, she seems like she's going to be a, a presence on the scene. Yoel Navas um, should be getting live mounts. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can go with these apprentices. And they'll, they'll keep things spicy. I mean, I feel like 
everybody's got to hustle this year. You know, there's no resting on your laurels, no thinking that you're the top dog. There's no coming down and just sort of relaxing and thinking you're going to have a great meet. I think um, there's going to be a lot of hustle on the backside and between the trainers, the agents, the jocks, and uh, um, not only getting these horses in shape, but making sure that you're on the right ones uh, to get those wins. So it's going to be great to see everybody really attack the meet. Well, and uh, as we attack the meet uh, from a handicapping and, and, a, and a horseplay side of things, uh, as mentioned earlier, uh, we got a nine-race card today, including the three uh, stakes. Tomorrow, similarly, uh, we got a ten-race card and uh, three stakes, and virtually full fields almost everywhere. Uh, there is something um, for everybody. Uh, maybe pick a couple of spots here, KK, and... Uh, Got an idea yeah. or two? Yeah. You know, we've got the dollar pick six. I'd love to see pick up some uh, some nice. action. And, you know, it's 15%. It's just a, it's a great thing to play, especially with these fields. We're looking at the turf course um, live and ready. And for the stakes today, I do think Whoop Car could be really interesting in that uh, the Dorsey Bear, six for a long sprint. You know, Brick Calhoun does a great job of using Delta Downs as a prep a lot of times for his horses coming over here to fairgrounds. And, just watching that race back, he's one that's shown a ton of speed, and, and he didn't, you know, he wasn't really asked out of the gate. Uh, he was going six and a half furlongs, which is two turns there at Delta Downs. Um, I think he just got a, got a, you know, a little fitness run in him, and I think he's going to be live and sharp and draws nice outside some other speed. So trying to beat Creed like a girl wherever she shows up. She's crossing her in a couple of these, but kind of questioning her form. Whoop car should be a good price. Um what else we got? Well, we let's got hold on. Tough. Hold on one second. Let's get let's get everybody uh, situated. Sixth race, the six horse whoop car eight to one yeah. with yeah, uh, with Mitch get rich and uh, and Brett Calhoun. Uh, this is in the uh, the A bear. All right. Yeah. And then in the uh, the next stakes there, the eight, the uh, the John Bailey. And this is just a, a great story waiting to happen. Right. Um, Murray Bailey and his dad, John Bailey, passed away, I think it was about six years ago um, at the age of 100. And um, Bailey Farms has Sabra Tuff in here. Um, Louisiana bred, right? These stakes are all Louisiana bred, but this three-year-old has never faced state bred company. Never faced state bred company. Classic Dallas Stewart, um, just being ambitious, taking his shots, ran in the, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies last year. Um, is a big late kicker, so could be up against it in terms of uh, you know, the tracks playing forward. But um, Ray Gutierrez should have her out of the gates and in good spots and has that nice draw there. Number two in race eight, five to one of the morning line, Sabra Tough. Sabra Tough, absolutely, with Ray Lug. First Lasix, too, uh, for uh, Sabra Tough. Yeah, I think uh, the time is right to get her, uh, get her, get her picture taken, you know. Why not? All right. And kind of in the same vein, in the um, in the Donovan L. Ferguson, the last race, race number nine, uh, five and a half for a long sprint for these two-year-old fillies. Number one, clearly a test, was racing up at Saratoga. Um, one of the storylines this meet is is Britland Stable. You know, Evelyn Benoit, um, owner of Star Guitar, breeder Star Guitar, and, uh, and so many great Louisiana breads that have come from that bloodline. Um, she's been with Jose Mayo the past couple of years, three years, I think. And now she's moved her barn over to Shane Wilson, which is definitely a horseman that uh, that you can you can stand behind as a better. He um, he knows how to get him ready, and he uh, definitely wants to be live at the beginning of the meet, where he knows he can he can take his shots before all the Kentucky uh, barns get down here in full force. So 
clearly a test has been three races at Saratoga. I've got heavy speed bias on 30, August 30th and a bad dirt rail that he was on on July 13th or she was on. So I think it's had some tough tracks to run on. And I think, uh, you know, this inner draw is going to be good. Can sit up close to it. There's a lot of pace in there and uh, maybe show something special 12 to one um, for this uh, clearly now Philly two years old. How about that? Uh, homebred out of the star guitar mayor uh, for Miss Evelyn and uh, clearly a test. Nice. Uh, first Lasix as well uh, for this one. And uh, you know, did not run badly in any of those yeah. uh, races at, at Saratoga. I mean, it was beaten seven, seven, and nine. Was four three times, uh, you know, in modest size fields. But uh, this is also a horse returning, as you mentioned, returning to or not returning, but facing uh, state breads for the first time, like soccer for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sugar High. That was that was a game winner on you know uh, yeah. July thirteenth. That opening day, Lady Moscato's run well. Um, Stella Morris genetics, they put up good runs, definitely, and uh, have flattered that Emory as well. So I like yeah, this it. is going to be a, a different field. Yeah. How about that? 12 to 1. Good job. How about Saturday? Anything uh, yet for tomorrow? Yeah, of course. You no, know, I've got, all these, got all these combed over. Um, you know, I do, uh, my best bet of the day is not in one of the stakes, but I do think uh, in race four, um, Skycat, number three. Um, seven to two in the Memorial line, I think should be the favorite, but just everything just sets up nicely. Uh, took a nice step forward, looking at third raft figures and, um, on that last race and, you know, third start in the, in the form cycle has been good before for Skycat. So I think we're poised to, uh, to, to take another step forward. Should get some, uh, pace to run at and, uh, LNG racing stables, maybe not widely known out there, but they were our leading owner last year. Their right. first, their first meet here. So they, they come to, to get their, you know, to get to the winner's circle and to win. And um, Ronnie Cravens, you know, tabs Ray Luke Gutierrez for this one. I think I think that should be a, a nice one to sort of lean on um, in your early pick five or sort of however you approach the day. That's the three, Skycat, and uh, one of these uh, starter allowance optional uh, claiming type events, uh, kind of a mixed, uh, kind of a mixed grill uh, group yeah and then uh, a cold double because you go to race five yep um we've got the joseph palusa two-year-old state reds five and a half furlongs number three el dinero you know i love watching races not only to see trips but also just to see the talent right you can just see talent sometimes you can see the way they put in their their head into the race the way they move and el dinero has just impressed me uh to no ends um has one stake win already and um, that last race there at Delta Downs, really just a little bit slow out of the gate and caught out wide. You know, I think five wide, seven wide, um, just sort of blowing the turn a little bit in the first one. Um, that was two turns. We're back to one turn. I think turns aren't, aren't necessarily the specialty for El De Niro and definitely picks up steam. So our long stretch should suit that one. Another one that's probably going to be the favorite in there. So you probably just want to go uh, three, three, the old 33 through uh Races four and five, cold double, and uh, see if that comes through. There it is. Uh, El Dinero, follow the money. Uh, James Graham and uh, 7-2 to to start the bidding. All right, where else? Yeah, so let's talk about the other stakes in here. We got... Uh, well, wait a minute. Well, you know, that, wait a minute. Yeah. We got, yeah, we, yeah. we got one thing to talk about. And, I, and I'm very surprised and somewhat disappointed that I did not get a call... <laughs> That I, that I did not get a call from John Green. 
because there's a debut in the sixth race tomorrow. I've been saving this. What we got? Well, we had a, we had John Green uh, when I was at Keeneland last uh, year for the uh, for the yearling sale. John promised a, uh, a horse naming contest, and as a result, uh, you know, we he said, "Well, I'll pick a horse, and and uh, you know, we'll we'll give you the you know the breeding and and whatnot, and people can." you know, can come up with, with names and, and ideas for, uh, for the horse. Okay. So that happens. And the horse, it was a Vino Rosso, uh, out of a hard spun mare named wind spun. And I, I went ahead and entered, uh, the contest because I do enjoy naming horses. Yeah. And somehow I meant, I, I felt bad about this, but I managed to win. And uh, <laughs> so the, and you nailed it. You nailed it. The, yeah, the Vino Rosso out of Windspun became Cabernado. And Cabernado, who apparently Mark Cassie told us on the air about three months ago, was sort of modestly talented. Uh, but Cabernado debuts tomorrow as the eight horse in that uh, sixth race, the maiden turf sprint. And so we're, we're Corey Lannery's aboard and I, I am hard pressed not to root hard for Cabernado. Yeah. I mean, TJ stable, right? I mean, that's, that's, this is going to be a quality. What do you think? Is this the, the distance that we want? Nah, I don't know. Cassie, when I asked Cassie, uh, the first time I asked Cassie about him, uh, when he, uh, first turned up on, on, uh, the watch tab, uh, he said, uh, "Just he called him just a horse, uh, which 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 nobody wants to hear th- that expression. In fact, in fact, someone someone should name a horse just a horse, uh, and as a almost as a gag, uh, because just a horse, yeah, just a horse. Uh, but I, I don't know. I there, there's there there actually have been, uh, you know, a couple of hints and and." You know, there there are some workouts that were okay, and I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I don't Trichel know. There, yeah. I mean, that, that, the twelfth best of hundred and eight on October twenty first. That's a that's a strong work, and, okay. and like I was talking about early, Corey, he's he's on live mounts. You know, I mean, he, he's not just going to pop on just to just to hang out with the horse. Well, he wants he wants someone who can get it done. Well, um, you do have the uh, the half to uh, going good. Oi Bay. Number six in there for coming out for Cox, um, getting on turf and uh, you know going good. Yeah, you know, I think ran nines as a, as a two year old uh, on thoroughbred, and that, that would definitely win this race. Second out for for Brad Cox, James Graham getting up for that. Uh, Oive, uh, Oive. you gotta love that. It's hard to believe there hasn't been an Oive. Uh, uh, <laughs> recently, it's been said by many an owner, but not uh, exactly. not the horse. Right. Yeah. Well, so it's just a horse. Uh, but uh, <laughs> all right. So you were go- you were headed to the other stakes. Yeah. You know, the um, the longer dirt mail, the, the Morial, um, is an interesting one. There's not much pace in there. You can see um, uh, the Delomes, um, you know, famous quarterback, Jake Delome, of course, a great sure. Louisiana uh, horseman family with uh, Jerry and Jeff. They entered Mangum in here. We'll see. He's cross-entered. I think they saw that there wasn't much pace in number six, Mangum. Um, I, th- I think Behemoth Star is the one that we want. You know, 
looking at the, the form cycle for, for Behemoth Star, he, he does sort of cycle out and then just sort of ease back in, um, and then he makes a big jump forward. It's what we've seen in the past. Um, I think, he, you know, that Remington Park run, he really does grind late. He just keeps on finding, um, doesn't ever give up. And it was, a, you know, it's a shorter stretch there. He's back to fair rounds, which I think he'll, he'll, he'll love. So I do want to lean on Behemoth Star, but you've got who took the money in there, who's a late kicker. Um, gets to Sean Parker, his, his number one rider back up, uh, who knows him well. Uh, he's got a mind of his own. Sometimes he just doesn't respond, what Deshaun always says. So um, who took the money has got some big figures, but uh, maybe doesn't have enough pace to work with. So maybe we can beat a favor there. All right. Anything else? And, yeah, got got to talk about the uh, the last race, race number 10. I do like uh, the Steve Asmussen first-time starter, Sacred Saint. Um, this one is, is, uh, a sibling to Scuderia, um, who was racing in the, the stakes in the race right before, um, who, who won on debut, took a little bit to get to the track. I think it was a four-year-old when Scuderia came out, uh, named for like a local, um, radio star as well as the, uh, the Porsche. Um, but, uh, Sacred Saint, I think is going to be live on that, that first run there. And, uh, um, has a good draw there. I think outside the dangerous threat there, that first time, first timer from Coto Grove and, uh, trained by Brad Cox. Undercover girl, the number nine. It also seems like another good one in there, but I think the three might give us a little more value. That that nice little uh, Steve Asmussen, Sacred Saint. Nice with uh, with Torres six to one. The three horse in the tenth. Two terrific cards to get the season going at fairgrounds with. Trust your luck himself, Kevin Kilroy. Uh, Thursday is the next card, and uh, the Thanksgiving Classic. Uh, came up. There's a nice nine-horse field in there. I see miles ahead uh, is exiting uh, the, the bet on Sunshine in there. You've got uh, Cowan uh, for Ray Ginter uh, that's exiting the uh, the Bold Ruler in New York uh, that Durante won. Uh, Kavod uh, for Hartman and uh, Amador Sanchez has got uh, a horse that uh, people might have realized uh, ran it uh, in the Golden Shaheen, uh, Super Ocho. The Chilean, yeah. yeah, it's a fun. That was uh, interesting, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a fun race. Nice group. Yeah, that's a big day here. I mean, there's no yeah. better uh, sort of New Orleans uh, day where everybody comes out, sort of a mixture of Kentucky Derby and uh, Mardi Gras, and uh, people really uh, get wild here, and it's 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 lively. So I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. It's a it's a special tradition here. It's a special day throughout the racing. Uh, KK, we will talk more obviously as the meet unfolds. Uh, Joe. We'll be down there after next week as well, and I'm looking forward to my visit, the typically risen star. Uh, I don't know if I'll be there three times like I was uh, earlier this year, but uh, at least once, and, and if we can work out a second, I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, but thanks so much. Happy Thanksgiving. Steve, happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks for uh, having me on, and great talking to you. You got it, KK, everybody. KK number two. We got both the KKs in. Uh, let's turn to Hammer, and uh, we'll talk about what he and the girls are doing. And uh, and we'll, oh, and, and up, oh, let me hear. But we'll find out if he, if he was listening earlier. This this might be fun. Uh, I, I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not catching him off guard and foisting this on him a little bit too much. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. And, and it's funny, our partner Marty Shapiro. Marty said that he had uh, that he almost bought the same exact uh, trivia thing him uh, the other day himself at Barnes and Noble. That he was looking at this uh, uh, at this uh, set of, of uh, trivia cards. Uh, Hammer. Good morning. 
Good morning there, Steve. How are you? It's fine Friday. I'm great. And uh, I don't know if you heard me early, early in the show. If you were up and about at six. Uh, But I did reference this visit and and a Christmas present that I got you. Okay. I did not hear that part. I got up by about 6.15. I started listening. Perfect. Perfect. Tina and I, last Friday, we were down in Albany. She wanted to go to L.L. Bean uh, for uh, to pick up a, a Christmas present for our friends at uh, Villa Fuertes, for a uh, birthday present, actually. For Right. And so we're at L.L. Bean, and we're in the checkout line, and I see on the end cap thing, they got all kinds of little, you know, grab-and-go ideas, yes. including a National Parks trivia game. Uh, very good. Do you have this? Um, it's a box. It's, it's a- I, I'm not sure. I got something last year, and we actually played it. I, it, I don't know if it's the same one, but it was a National Park uh, uh, game, yes. But, but it might be different. They might be all over the place. Well, this is this has got four categories, cultural history, plants, animals, and water, tourism, and geology and astronomy. Um, doesn't sound familiar, so I, I, oh, I love it. All right. I well, love it. You're gonna, it's, and, then, and then there's two questions on each card. I don't know what the rules are or if it's just, you know, something to sit around and, and everybody – but I, yeah. I, I saw this. I told Tina I got to get this for Hammer uh, and Gina because they are. How many national parks are there, and how many have you been to? I don't know uh, how. I don't know how many there are, but I've probably probably been to seventy five percent of them. Um, Amazing. To tell, you the, to tell you the truth, I we we actually when we do see lists, we 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 don't look at which ones we've been to. We look at which ones we haven't been to. Um, and I got to tell you, the, the pride, which, you know what, I'm going to, it's going to blow your mind. The one closest to us, probably, probably closest to us to, uh, here from here, I haven't been to, but I'm planning to go in February and that's Death Valley. Wow. Wow. Never been, never took the turn off to Death Valley. Cause guess what? Usually when you're flying down that road, you're heading to Vegas or you're heading somewhere else. So, um, planning a, uh, planning a golf outing in February at um at death valley it's the lowest golf course in the world so uh that was the the the, the catch so i'm trying to get to have four trying to get eight a group of eight to go out and uh, play golf and, and actually there's other stuff to do as i'm doing some research uh you can rent jeeps and you know go go run it around there but yes no we've been to uh, uh, a ton. Another one I haven't been to is Big Bend in, uh, in, in texas there's another big one that i haven't been to but i'll tell you what you know, they're kind of like racetracks, and we're driving down the road. Um, if there's one close, we will we will get there. Uh, nice. And, uh, and then next summer, we're actually planning an Alaskan trip to so to get up to a couple of national parks up there. But just to get to to get number fifty and statewide, uh, been trying for a couple of years, but we're going to make a point of getting up to Alaska next summer. So, yes. So, but I would I love those uh, travel trivia stuff. All right. So well, thank you for what, thanks for thinking of us. Well, but you're 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 until I bring it to you at Arizona uh, in three weeks, I, you're you're going to be asked questions. What category do you want to try first? Tourism, plants, animal, and water, cultural history, or geology and astronomy? 
Uh, I guess the first one. Tourism. And some tourism. Ah, yeah. Well, there, see, there's, and then the card has, there's an easy question, and then what they call a hard question. So oh, okay. do, you, do, you, do we want to do both? Which easier or hard? Yeah, I guess. All right. Little, little. <laughs> it, it concerns the same park, it seems. All right, the easy tourism question. National Parks Trivia with Hammer. Arches, oh Arches National Park is one of Utah, Utah one of Utah's, yeah, you know it? Yeah, we're, yes. Arches National Park is one of Utah's most visited park. It and neighbor Canyonlands are both located close to what small Utah city known for its funky vibe? Moab, Moab, Moab. is correct. Well done, Moab. Moab, with no lodging in either park, Moab is the go-to place for accommodations, food, music, and adventure when visiting the area. Arches National now, Park. Now, wait. Now, wait. I might add, I mean, add a little, little suggestion. If you're going to Moab, you want to stay at Red Cliff Lodge. It's right on the, the, the river there. It is like a postcard looking out the back, the, the back patio of Red Cliff's Lodge. In fact, I used to have it on my phone. Um, and then it's a it's a it's a short drive to those both of those uh, Canyonlands arches is a little closer, uh, but Moab itself is the headquarters to all kinds of outdoor adventure. You know those ATVs and all kinds of stuff. So I mean Utah is national parks. I think there's probably seven or eight in Utah is, uh, itself. But no Moab is a, a definite destination. Um, Love it. Place to go. All right. Now here's the hard question about Arches National Park. Arches National Park does indeed have a lot of arches, but one is perhaps more famous than all the others. Name the arch. A, is it Turret Arch? B, Delicate Arch? C, Balanced Arch? Or D, Double Arch? Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I'm guessing here I'll call it Delicate Arch, but I, I, I really don't know. Uh, that's the big, huge one. That, I mean, I can send you a picture that we took there, but I do not know the name. You are correct. Delicate Arch it is, yeah, baby. It just, arch. It just sounded. But, uh, it had that right. It had that right ring to it. It's more of a process of elimination that I know wasn't the other one. So, so there you go. So I, but I passed the test. You did very well, and of course, if 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 <laughs> if, if Jinx Fires had been on, the answer would have been Arch, Arch, Arch. Ooh, baby, we had that hey one now. too. Yeah, Arkansas Derby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, there you go. National Parks trivia for those that are inclined. <laughs> uh, and uh, Hammer, the, you're you're going to get one of these a week until uh, until symposium. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, I love it. Uh, gets, you, know, you got me all pumped up about uh, you know where's the next uh, where's the next trip going. Uh, uh, it's, it's funny because you know you we're talking here you're talking with everyone about Thanksgiving and, and you know traditionally in in California, Southern California, racing-wise, it's not a it's not a big uh, a, a big deal. Um, nothing deep steeped uh, tradition-wise. And back uh, when I started going to races in the in the mid seventies here, uh, Oak Tree. I think Oak Tree had started. There might not even have been an Oak Tree. But after Oak Tree uh, meet, the the one we just finished at Santa Anita, uh, that which would end. Pretty much the same time, uh, you know, early early November. There wasn't any racing in Southern California until opening day at Santa Anita. So you had a six seven week break 
there was no racing, so obviously there was no racing here on Thanksgiving, so I never went to the track on Thanksgiving. They did run a meetup at Bay Meadows in the interim, so anyone that wanted to run went up there and, and, and ran, but never had to here. And then Hollywood Park came with their meet, their their fall winter meet. I mean, I, I it's over thirty years ago that that started, so it came in, and they had their you know Thanksgiving uh, uh, deal what they did, and, and now that uh, that uh, Del Mar's open, I'm sure they have something on on track as well. But you know, when I worked back east at the Meadowlands, we weren't open on Thanksgiving. And so I don't think I've ever been to the track on Thanksgiving, never a big deal. Um, you know, it was more of a, of a kind of a time to spend some time with family, but I was seemed to be on the road. And that's where I was introduced to the Italian uh, uh, Thanksgiving with, we go to Jimmy's house, Jim, the Ventura family, either at uh, uh, his mom's house, Norma in Maywood or, or uh, Joanne or Kathy's house, one of his sister's house. And boy, were were we introduced to, uh, uh, a food fest. So that might have been our our, our largest food fest uh, yeah, introduction ever coming from California. You just make turkey and, you know, the fixings and that was it. But uh, I learned there that the turkey is pretty much, uh, you, you hope you make it to the turkey after all the, the food that is presented earlier in the day. Uh, it's quite a feast. And, and then, you know, I remember it was like 4.30, I'm looking at Gene, I go, what is, is turkey part of this deal? You take a couple walks around the block and come back, and then the bird comes out. And uh, anyway, uh, just some fantastic uh, meals there, and then, uh, you know, came back here, and it was never really working. So we spent a lot of, of, of time. We used to go to San Francisco religiously. Every year we got in the car and went to San Francisco for the four days. Uh, it was a great time to visit that city because it shut down, and, and uh, we lived up there for many years, and then, uh, you know, would tour the city. And then we got the phone call about five years ago saying, you don't want to come up here anymore, which was sad. So I, mean, I literally haven't been back since because of the, just the situation the city's in. Um, so now we're, we're, we're relying on, on, uh, home cooking, which I love to cook. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the big, the big, uh, like you are when it comes to big stuff and, and turkeys and big, big stuff, uh, I cook, which I love to do. But this year we're going to, uh, uh, our niece's place in, in, uh, in Newport beach and she's a caterer, uh, mostly, uh, most, mostly yeah, Newport coast catering. Uh, actually, at NewportCoastCatering.com is her website. Good job. And, and I tell you what, you want to go to that and you want to check out her cookies and her cakes is, is just incredible. But she's doing the – she and, and putting on a show here this uh, uh, next week, and so we're headed down there. So relieved of some cooking again, but uh, we will not be – we will not be uh, a mess of eating some good food, but yes, I was surprised. I go, oh, she does, she does turkey too. So uh, I probably have a cake in the, in, the, in the shape of a turkey. But yeah, NewportCoastCatering.com. I'll get a little plug in there, an unexpected nice. plug for sure. her. But uh, anyone down there that's putting on any kind of of a, of a celebration or wedding or anything, she does all that stuff. But uh, yeah, so Thanksgiving traditionally out here, race wise, is kind of a, a mental break. Uh, I know for me, I just kind of take a little breather. And uh, you know, although I've been on the phone all week with with racing groups and committees, and you know, talking about uh, things in the game and trying to you know get some things straight out and, and some new ideas out there, so. 
Um, we'll continue those talks in Arizona, but we have a, there's, there's some ideas floating around out there that hopefully, you know, many for the many, you know what, many for the player and, uh, you know, the unrepresented uh, players uh, that have been uh, void of having their voice heard in, in, in instances where they probably should be involved. And, and so there's some, there's some stuff rattling around out there that hopefully we can uh, uh, debut in the, in the early months of, of 2024 but uh yeah feeling feeling uh feeling good uh just getting uh like i said this is mental break time for for me always kind of has been and uh and delmar's you know delmar's open i want to miss that but uh you know it's just it's still strange i think here for for most californians that you know delmar runs uh, in July and august in the sun and i i did i have made it down a couple times this time of year and and I tell you what, those of us who, who, who spend time down there in the summer, the hustle bustle is gone. It's actually a pretty cool time to go down there and just totally relax. Go to those restaurants you wanted to that you couldn't get in. Um, you know, everything's a little bit more affordable this time of year. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the racing, uh, they're three days a week. They're Friday, Saturday, Sunday, except for that, um, that Thursday uh, Thanksgiving week, they'll go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's a very, I don't know, it's a lot less relax. Uh, I mean, a lot less hustle bustle, more relaxing, I should say, uh, down there, you know, and, and you can still go to the beach. It might not be 75 or 80, but it's still usually you know, just nice. I mean, I, I can go to the beach with a book and a chair and, and be fine uh, and just take in the surroundings. But, um, yeah, that's where we are here. Um like I said, not, not, not much happening, but uh, a lot of here, you know, I hear you talking about uh, the fairgrounds opening up, which is great. And it's good to hear that I heard the T word mentioned turf that, uh, that that's, that's back um, combined with the problems, you know, Churchill that they've had, boy, it's, I mean, the last, you know, six, eight months putting in their, their turf course, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's not every, everything in this game is not as easy as it looks. You don't just plant the grass, but, uh, you know, we hope they get that straight and straightened out. But glad to hear that the fairgrounds is back up and running with their grass course. It's kind of part of the, part of the winter program you look for when you turn on the TV and, you know, looking for something to, something to wager Tampa Bay. Um, boy, have they come a long way in the last 10, 15 years. Haven't they? Uh, I mean, Allison does a great job. Allison DeLuca down there does a great job. It's a great place to winter for some of the, the, the northeastern tracks like Monmouth and Delaware and, and, and that. And the Tampa Bay Derby, I think, has has gone from just a race to a, a legitimate uh, Kentucky Derby prep. And I think that's helped put them on the map. Consistent racing, like you mentioned, the turf course earlier. Um, some trainers uh, will, will will make that trip up there to, to break their maiden or to run an allowance race or two. But I think the I think the Gulfstream situation's been been ironed out. Uh, you know they were they've been some doing some uh, reconfiguration and, and redoing with the turf course there combined with the, the synthetic surface they put in. So their 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 course is 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 back to normal. So. Uh, I mean, there's no there's no need to escape the Gulfstream course to get to Tampa anymore. But uh, anyway, it's all good. Speaking of, of synthetic, uh, right now as we speak, the the starting to uh, starting the operation of, of transforming the the inner 
training track at Santa Anita to uh, to PETA. And uh, so that, that'll be new out here. That'll be done sometime mid-February. And uh, what that will do, I mean, the, 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 the training track here was a, a great spot. It was the salvation when it rained here. Everybody uh, decided to you know, move their move their works or, or training to the track training track because it was always it was deep and it was safe and it you know it, it handled the water very well. But uh, new rules, new regulations about you know training and and uh, things when it's wet. Uh, decided to put in the uh, the uh, to track on the recommendation of many trainers, and now so that track will now you know. Theoretically, would be training rain or shine every day, and nice. so that'll that'll that will really help. And and you know we don't uh, don't train on the turf here as a, as a rule, um, so that will give um, you know this turf horses who most of them did train on the training track anyway. They can they can uh, you know get their get their works in on on that surface. Uh, and you know people ask, well, why don't you train on the turf? Well, you have to remember that the unique the unique configuration of Santa Anita with the hill coming down the hill they cross over the main track and so if you continually have workouts you know 30 40 horses a week eventually a divot is happens out there on that outside part where they cross the right after they cross the dirt they come across that and you just don't need that and if it didn't have that of course they there was no reason not to train out there but uh just don't want to have any type of une- uneven surface when they cross the the, the dirt there and uh kind of got out of hand with a lot of uh too many horses wanting to work and so just kind of just pulled the plug out there i guess it had to be good five six seven eight years ago easily, easily. we yeah. started it so yeah and you know what in the end had a couple complaints but in the end same horses same guys are winning it wasn't uh it wasn't a day everybody just adjusted it's one of those things as long as you know you're not doing it and i'm not as long as everybody's the same it, it's fine it's not when you when you start picking and choosing who can do things that's when you get into trouble yeah no. but uh um anyway it's you got a couple you know so actually you know what i heard i didn't realize um, I don't know who you were talking to, Gary or someone about the uh, um, the derby the derby pool. I didn't maybe I wasn't paying That's attention. Right. I didn't hear that much on it. The first Kentucky Derby uh, future pool is that is that normal to close this early? That they they added the Breeders' Cup the one that that's a fairly new wrinkle. The one that they added uh, uh, Breeders' Cup week. Well, I like it. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad they did and. Uh, you know, for, for those quote, do they, they, I didn't see, do they have, are the horses, are the horses listed individually or, or is it a, you oh, know, no, no, there was, no, there was, there was a, I mean, there's, there's all, there's, you know, all others too, but yeah. you no, know, I mean, the, the, the amazing, the amazing horse that people are going to, you know, be holding onto a ticket, watching carefully is fierceness, uh, well, sure. 29 to one. Um, and that's, you know, that's the, that's, you know, pretty much the number you want to look for. If you're yeah. betting a horse here in yeah. in, uh, in November to even make the gate in May, you, you don't want, you're not looking for anything under twenty nine to one uh, at this point. Um, even even into February, you want to hit that because I mean they should almost have a a a, a side pool where well, if your horse starts, you get two to one. Well, that um, you, you know who used to talk about that was JJ and John. 
John Parada and JJ would, would say they, they actually would have a side bet, which was uh, whatever the first pool was, they would have an over-under. Uh, and, and usually it was around six and a half about how many horses would actually make the Derby gate. Uh, John and, and JJ always discuss yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, somebody could actually, because I know, I mean, I still make a better two on a, you know, on a, on a, on a, on a big price horse. And, and at some point, literally one of those, you know, five years that they actually make it to the gate. I mean, you feel like you won already. Exactly. You, I won. He made it in. He's in. He's, you know, 50 to one, but I'm in. So, uh, you know, that'd be a little, you know, they do those little, uh, those little kickbacks on, on, uh, some of the wagering sites yeah. where if you finish yeah, yeah. second, you get your money back. There you go. That might be something to think about. Uh, increase, <laughs> increase the volume. I love it. Um, but a couple, a couple, a couple things. Actually, so we today, today, and I was checking out uh, Delmar. There's a, there's a real nice trade that that uh, brings together a, 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 a crew here. There's only six of them but uh some real, some real horses it's a it's a two other than allowance race with a tag and um you know john Harris has a horse in there a real nice horse called sir atticus who's running uh, is running two stakes the pat o'brien and, and the and the sanity uh sprint championship brand fourth in both but was not disgraced is in there uh cz rocket uh one of the one of the better claims of all time to tell you the truth uh that, that peter miller uh grabbed i think out of oakland uh four or five years ago and went on to win a lot he's in there running for back for a tag for the first time uh since then and uh fort bragg and classic car wash mark cassie and and uh, uh um uh Bob Bob hard to believe that those horses have those conditions left so that's the allowance race for that uh let's see the desi arnez a couple of two-year-old philly race and then the, his the, the bob hope on on uh on, on Friday, on Saturday, on, excuse me, on Sunday, uh, will be another race. It's only got five. We've got Baffert in there, and there be it might be a couple of Kentucky Derby future pulls in there too. So, uh, racing on through the weekend, and uh, I'm now going to go start reading up on these the, the parks that I haven't been to, so I can answer your questions. <laughs> so, uh, I appreciate you thinking of me, and uh, everybody have a great Thanksgiving and enjoy it. And we'll talk. Uh, Two weeks. We'll talk soon, and we'll see you in, in Arizona soon, too. That's true. And actually, I'm looking at the calendar quickly um, next week. Yeah, so we'll talk uh, We'll talk the day before we leave for Arizona. Yeah, because next week, you get a breather and uh, enjoy that one. And yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's right, because we'll, I'm leaving. I'll get there, I think, Saturday or Sunday. So, um, uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Enjoy the turkey, and, and uh, maybe get lucky and hit a big one uh before Christmas shopping, there you go, begins. and we'll we'll give calendar uh, cal- calendar info two two weeks from today. Yeah, uh, you know, let me double check with that, but yes, let's hope so. I gotta try it. I gotta I gotta update that uh, new uh, go back to the Santa Anita address. But yes, yes, I'm, I'm counting on it. So um, all right, we'll do the, ca- the calendar thing again. Outstanding, Hammer. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you over the weekend. All right, thanks, Steve. There we go. Away they go, Hammer. And uh, we'll round things out with a Nick Tamaro visit and uh, some very good racing. We'll get a quick, uh, you know, we're, we're not far off, actually, from the start of uh, the pick six today, the carryover sequence. 
uh, which starts in race four. So 146. So basically two hours from now, uh, the start of the pick six. And uh, Nick Tamaro, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. A uh, little bit you know, modest pick six carryover today, 24,000. Um, but uh, any any quick leans? Um, I mean, nothing too, nothing too crazy. I think, uh, I think it's a tough sequence, actually. I think the, the stake race, the, uh, turf sprint for, for older females is a tough, race. um, it's a couple of scratches and they're not really anybody terribly influential. I think if you're playing the pick six, what you probably want to do is narrow down the, the races that could be maybe a little bit more simple. And it really feels like memorialized to me should win the, the Teppin, which goes as the sixth. I thought she ran very, very well last time. The, the, her performance, the running line belies her performance. She ran much better than it looks with a wide trip. And I think if she gets back to that good run, two starts back, she's very, very dangerous. So that felt like a leg where you could narrow it down. It looks, the fifth looks like a two horse race with the one and eight. We don't know what we're going to get out of, uh, out of judge rules first time out, at least take a look at those doubles in the fourth into it to get a sense of how much money that one's taking. And, um, and then you get that tricky uh, seventh race, the allowance, where I think Scaramouche is a little bit dangerous, maybe finally getting back to a dry track. And uh, you have to make a decision, of course, on Baby Yoda, who it looks like the uh, the clock struck midnight on him, as well as Kinetic Sky looking to rebound for Rick Dutrow on uh, a little bit of a cutback. So, yeah, tough sequence. It's it's one that wouldn't be completely shocked if it carries again, but I do think somebody will be able to tag it. There's a couple, couple races in there where you can narrow it down a bit. Uh, Scully uh, tossed out uh, Miss Fashionista in the nightcap, as dangerous he thinks. The uh, one of the one of the Pletchers uh, at a big price. Hey, nothing wrong with that, right? Uh, See, I mean, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Bernardini's on the grass, but um, there is some there is some turf on the dam side that might be yeah. uh, enough to negate that. Yeah, the Patio Prado Dam. So uh, let's turn to Saturday because it's a fabulous card, Nick. Yeah, the end of turf racing this weekend. Also, I know that the racing office took a took a bit of a stand there and decided that they would end turf racing the weekend before Thanksgiving. Even though the uh, weather conditions are still somewhat okay, but probably better than having to play the, the turf roulette coming up. Especially with this course, these two courses now set to get significantly more uh, more use as time goes by. So it did come up a really nice card, no doubt. Um, and before we talk about it, I do. I, one thing I did promise everybody: give give them your your uh, feel and uh, your conclusions about uh, the takedown uh, in the seventh yesterday. Oh, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty tough not to feel like that was a, a hard one to get behind. You know, I, I think obviously everybody's subjective in these scenarios and everybody says, well, I've seen worse or, you know, I've seen them come down for doing less and, and so on and so forth. And you know, the problem, Steve, is that what we want is a standard, you know, we just yeah. want something that we can say, okay, those of us that are really, that are really following this thing. And even the general public that follows it maybe a bit more passively, we know this is clearly not a disqualification. And I personally can't get behind a system where a horse that wins like that gets disqualified because the fourth place horse might have run third. And, and I, I just I can't leave that level of interpretation up to three people that are, are sitting atop a grandstand watching replays. And I understand they go through formal schooling and, and they have a background that would lead you to believe they can. I just can't. 
I can't give them that responsibility. I can't let them control uh, potentially that kind of money. So not something that that I would have absolutely never disqualified that horse. That would have been a very, very easy no change. I would have been happy to bring Ruben Silvera in and say to him, um, quite clearly, you need to be careful about lugging in when your horse makes the front, even if they're a little bit tired. But I also would have had a conversation with Irad because it seemed like he overreacted to the uh, the, the lugging in of be of courage and that is what affected the two runners to the inside and i don't know if he had a bit of a delayed reaction or what but um it is pretty ironic that in that situation he gets put up at 13 to 1 and without going on a huge tangent about it i think the race that you could draw maybe a bit of a comparison to was the tight finish on the melon turf at saratoga where i read uh, did was responsible for the interference. He was on a Michael Dub horse. I forget the horse's name. Maybe Eyes on Target. I can't remember. Um, but anyway, he created the interference. The difference is that was a packed finish. Like there were a number of horses in the mix there. Yes, it was a minor placing that a horse may have been cost, but there were a lot of horses stacked together. And in that kind of situation, I think it's a lot easier to say, well, you know, that horse may have run third or this could have cost that horse second. And I understand we also have an obligation to protect the betting public because in this country, we bet a lot of money on uh, on intra-race exotics. Nowadays, it seems like we bet significantly more money on those. But, you know, at the same time, you can't penalize a jockey and a horse that won so easily for what really in the grand scheme of things was very, very minor. So put me firmly in the camp that would have never even dreamt of disqualifying that horse. Yeah, that, that, that was the uniform uh, opinion. Scene. Uh, and this is the second bad one in a while, Steve. Now, you and I didn't necessarily talk about it, but that gallant loop disqualification was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. I mean, Sterling Silver getting taken down there and a yep. double disqualification that put up Caramel Swirl was not only a misinterpretation of to me of the rules but also what happened on the racetrack and the problem is that if we're going to go to like a hard category two approach where we're very concerned with horses getting cost of placing that's a big departure from where the naira stewards had been in the prior you know three to four years they had been a very you know much more of a i hate using the, the, the phrase no blood no foul but at the same time i mean it took a very serious infraction to get them to disqualify i don't want them to become disqualification happy because the more the stewards are making decisions on, on what happened on the racetrack, the worse we're all off. Good job. Let's turn to uh, the action on Saturday. And again, we've got, uh, uh, there's going to be apparently a little bit of rain, but uh, hopefully it keeps things intact because there are just too many good turf races on tomorrow's card. The grade two hill prints where, of course, integration is going to be a heavy favorite. Uh, there's the turf sprint championship which goes as the ninth even the maiden and the allowance wins are good uh, races are good uh you got that turf uh first level allowance going to mile and an eighth as the sixth race this is a fun card yeah really really good card um you know it wouldn't it, it's it's just simply not permitted that these turf sprinters get to run on a day where there's no rain they're just not allowed yeah. it's it's been it's been a, a requirement over the last three months and it's been kind of a try and go for a lot of them. I mean, I'll tell you that Dancing Buck was a horse that I was really waiting to bet back after Saratoga because I was among the people that felt like being inside on the final two weeks of the meet on the Mellon turf was a big disadvantage. I also thought that he really lost any opportunity to establish an edge on that field with them so packed together in a slow pace. And that was really what helped Zen White Duke get it done. I'll tell you, Steve, I like Zen White Duke right back in here. I think, I think he's actually run two very, very nice races yeah. since 
that Harvey pack on the dirt. And I don't see why he's not going to get a particularly good pace set up in here. You know, nothing better is certainly not being sent up, uh, sent back by Jorge Duarte to rate. And uh, you got a couple of other uh, mid-Atlantic type speedsters um, like Four Harp and uh, even potentially Grateful Brett. Grateful Brett would have to work pretty hard, but she did get he did get involved in a pretty hot pace last time. So I mean, it looks like this thing's going to set up for for somebody coming from off of it. And the good thing about Den White Duke is he seems to perform every time. He has no issue with a wet turf course whatsoever, and it seems like a good time to get on board with him at you know five or six to one with uh, with the form that he's been in lately. I'm going to give you a crazy horse. I gave the same uh, to uh, Scully. This vacation dance of Kimmel's. This is a funny horse in here. And that uh, anybody, any sheet user, any thoroughgraph user. Uh, I know we didn't send out this race. We sent out the hill prints, but uh, that was a significant step forward. And it came on the heels of a win. And uh, he's going to get a ground saving trip in behind the speed. I, I, vacation dance is going to make my make my grid. Yeah, he, he's not impossible by any means, and I'll tell you, he's a definite player to get a piece of it at a huge price. And I think what you're looking for is exactly what you laid out. You're looking for Isaac Castillo to just raid him in behind the leaders and try and pick a path after that. Yep. The, his last race is definitely better than it looks on paper. I'll tell you the other thing. The only thing that gave me a little bit of a cause for concern, he's run well without it, but he did run his two big last two races with Lasix. Yeah. So it was one of my only worries. But you know what? He'd run okay. He's a stakes winner without Lasix in his own right. Uh, but it does seem like they reinvented him a little bit as a, as a bit of an off-the-pace turfer. Um, another horse who's run well on this course is obviously not going to be that kind of price, but Oligon obviously has uh-huh. to be given some consideration for, for Ned Allard and – you know, I love these scenarios where horses are coming in with dirt races that might muddy up their form a little bit, pun intended, uh, because people put so much stock in that most recent running line. But, you know, you go back through Oligon's past performances and, and save that race in the park's dash where he just didn't show up. He's been very consistent. He's run well here as well, scoring a huge upset last year at 58 to 1, almost a year to the day. So no argument for me with him. And this race is more attractive from a betting perspective because, I mean, I book every cent that they bet on Wit. How is Wit going to win this race from the rail? You know, I think he's always been a sprinter, and I love the idea of him getting back to sprinting. I just think he could ultimately be on the dirt rather than, than the turf. You've got to be a little bit quicker to the punch than he is to be effective sprinting on the turf. Talk about uh, the Hill Prince, uh, the grade two, got a nine-horse field and uh, integration. David made uh, even money, uh, which I, I understand, um, but there's a there's some nice horse flesh in here. Yeah, you know, he took down a, a well-fancied Chad Brown horse last time in program trading. Activist investing was also in that field. And, you know, we didn't know what we were going to get from integration after the big effort at, at Colonial on debut. And he stepped right up, really without issue. It's a beautifully bred horse out of the Mare Harmonize that Bill Mott trained, uh, who was very good over the years. I think she ran third in the uh, in the QE2 at Keeneland back in 2016. Sounds, that sounds right. Um, you know, catches three Chad Brown horses in here and, I suppose the best of them is I'm very busy, who I will admit, you know, and I don't know how much he may have moved forward getting Lasix in his last two starts, but he was very good last time. I mean, he was he was quick to the punch. He was close to the pace. The pace was strong and he just absolutely obliterated them. So I I would say uh, be very careful about overlooking. I'm very busy who might have a little bit of a tactical advantage on a horse like integration, though. I don't think integration really needs to come from way, way out of it. You know, one of the one of the unknowns is what to do with a horse like Equitize, who uh, Chad sent to Tampa to break his maiden. He's now coming back off a long layoff. This is the one that Irad ends up on. 
Um, obviously, you'd think this horse has a world of upside, but it looks to me when push comes to shove like integration is supposed to win the race. And he really shapes up as an interesting turf horse for next year uh, because the, the what he's shown so far early in his career for a guy like Shug, that really hints at having some serious ability. Well, and I'm going to mention Faraday uh, at 10 to 1. Uh, to me, and I, not that, not that, you know, past success, finding the right Chad uh, is a guarantee of future uh, winnings, but this one has that same look that we got last weekend, you know, basically, and, and granted, you know, the, the allowance, the allowance race at uh, Kentucky Downs may as just as well been a stake for the money they ran. But uh, I'd like what, what Faraday has done in the maiden breaker and then the trip to Kentucky Downs. Yeah, I do too. And I want to, I generally wanted to bet back anybody that was wide for any appreciable period of time on September 9th or 10th at Kentucky Downs. That was when you really had the, the full advantage of being inside was felt those two days. That was when they took the rail all the way down. And, um, and he made a pretty, pretty decent part of his move on the outside. So I'm, uh, I, I'm definitely on board with Faraday, who is, of course, out of that brilliant, uh, brilliant mayor, Dinair, who produced Sadler's Joy, among others. And so I, I think distance is always going to be on Faraday's side maybe a little bit more distance than he's getting in this race. But with that said, I think his last race, while it looks like he might have been shortening up a little bit late, he did some hard running along the way. So I'd give him a bit of an excuse for that. And he seems like a this, – this horse seems like a really fun long-range prospect for distance races in this country over the next couple of years. I would imagine you know, he's got a, he's got a great at stake at 11-plus furlongs on his resume at some point. Uh, how about the two two-year-old stakes, the notebook and the key sets? Yeah, the notebook goes as the uh, the first of them. It's the fourth New York Reds that uh, really what they're all doing is escaping El Grande O for the most part. Um, and, and I think they've all earned it. Uh, even works for me, who's faced open company in his last two, was bested by the wine steward. And El Grande O three starts back in the funny side. He's kind of a deserving favorite. I don't love him. I don't, uh, you know, I don't think that he's by any means any kind of cinch. I thought Agalos the Great ran well in the Sleepy Hollow. That was a race where El Grande O set a pretty strong pace. And stayed on, and, and Agalos the Great more than likely is a horse who wants to go a little bit shorter. So I'm not going to be surprised if he's more effective at six furlongs. Looks like a horse that runs effectively with a you know, with a nice target in front of him. So I'd probably say, you know, I, I think he's the likeliest winner. I, I'm not wild about him as the favorite. I thought Wine responsibly was a little interesting, a steadily improving horse that gets on a dry surface more than likely this time around, depending on how much rain ends up falling. And I could make a case for him cutting back in distance. Felt to me like they'd go quick enough on the front end to set things up. So I think I might end up landing there in terms of my top pick. He was one that, that I had a bit of an eye on. I know he won an off-the-turf race two back and didn't really make a huge bid at any point last time. But this is a much softer field than what he faced in that Sleepy Hollow. Uh, the, um, the key, the key yeah. sense you mentioned, right. Yeah, that, that one's a, uh, obviously very tough as well. Um, the two-year-old Phillies are a bit of a different group, and you don't have some of the principles in this group uh, coming back. Uh, Alex Bregman and uh, et al. own Solo Shot, who was an impressive debut winner at Saratoga, came back and won at Finger Lake. She'll try to make it three for three, and she's probably the speed of the speed. I, I don't know who's necessarily going to keep up with her early. I would imagine Manny will be pretty much on the muscle coming out of the gate. Ashburn Alley was very good on debut. That was a strong pace. She stalked it, went on with it very impressively. I think Tricky Temper cutting back turf to dirt is a little interesting as well. I liked her maiden win, and I don't think that she was uh, was quite in position in the, in the seeking the ante, chasing that hot pace. So she seems like a, 
a reasonable alternative. And I know Kara's time has stepped up her game in her last couple of starts. I think her speed might be dulled a bit by uh, by this cutback in distance. And I think Solo Shot might have an edge on her early. Uh, good, good, good card. And uh, the uh, Sunday card actually is all right as well. That includes a terrific Central Park. Uh, came up fabulous, the one-mile uh, turf event for the uh, two-year-olds. And uh, what's the other stake? I'm missing, uh, was that the Atlantic, Atlantic Beach, or is that today? I'm losing, I can't keep Atlantic track. Beach, no. I, uh, I forget the name of the race. The Forever Together. Cap. The Forever Together. The Forever Together, right. And, of course, uh, George Strawbridge is represented in there by Regal Realm, uh, for race named for his uh, his terrific race mare. Um, so, yeah, so it should be, my understanding is that's it for turf racing on Sunday. Yep. And it'll, we'll end up having a few good ones in that Forever Together um, Chad's got faith in humanity coming back, looking to to redeem herself off a poor comeback race. And um, if it's a different situation, maybe one where she can get the lead, I think her her chances could really improve for sure. Well, the enigmatic Malavath, who I loved in the Breeders' Cup Mile last year uh, for uh, for a fortune, uh, and she ran huge, beating the length and change to be fifth. Uh, she has been she just has not done anything uh she's been in the in the clement barn and they've they've struggled with her so hopefully she can pull it together for her four-year-old season nick uh thanksgiving wishes what's uh what's the thanksgiving uh plan yeah you know ready to ready to, to cook the bird and a few others may have to sprinkle in an italian delicacy or yeah. for everybody this time around but uh yeah looking forward to it it'll be a good good way to to catch up with everyone and give thanks and of course thank thankful for you and everybody racing related that uh, allows all of us to have fun with what our passion is well we will also talk uh, in two weeks uh when i talk to you and uh, we will get the sam houston uh news in they announced the uh stake schedule and the uh, season upcoming so we'll get to that and um uh thank you thank you for everything uh, but uh, thank you for that uh, pecan pie push. We ordered a pecan pie from Good Company in Houston. So very strong. I, I, I'm looking forward to your report back, and I will have to share with you offline the story of Good Company and how Jim Good got his empire started here in Houston. But you're, you're going to be. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. I love it. Uh, I appreciate it. Tina, though, is the. We will have to get Tina's reaction to that pie. Because uh, I'm not a pecan, I'm not a pecan guy. Well, she's the tail in the operation anyway. So. Exactly, that's exactly right. Nick, have a great weekend. Good luck today, and I will talk to you in two weeks. Thanks, my friend. Good luck, Take Nick. Nick Tamaro, everybody. There it is. Thanks to Brian Dorenzo uh, for getting the stream up. Uh, we'll probably be back on the website with the stream on Monday. Uh, archive podcast. Everything else will be out uh, pretty darn soon. But you can also almost immediately listen to the stream. If you missed anything uh, at uh, the two links I put up for uh, Brian's Facebook and, and uh, YouTube, Casey uh, has got a leg infection that uh, he's been dealing with. So hopefully he's back uh, before Thanksgiving. But if not, um, I'll keep you advised. Thanks to Frank McGoey. Good luck to everybody down at safe, successful meet. Thanks, of course, also to Kevin Kilroy, Kevin Kirstein, Mike Diddy. Tampa kicks off next week. Scully, Hammer, and Nick. Thanks, everybody. Good luck. I'll have uh, plenty of action tomorrow, both, I think, Churchill and Aqueduct. The race is just too good. Talk to you Monday. All right. That's it. Twin Spires weekend preview at the races. Good luck.